0: We're in a series called Foundations. Anybody uh, been here three weeks in a row? This is your third week in a row? Come on, raise them high. Come on now, raise them high. Hey, that's that, hey, hey, keep them up. That That is, you're like worried somebody's gonna smell you? Okay. That is an amazing feat. I mean, in the summer, in the middle of summer, everybody's trying to get their vacation in at the end of August, right? They're like, oh yeah, we haven't gone on vacation yet. We probably should do that. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. If you've been here three weeks in a row, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I would just say, um, if you're here for the first time in the last three weeks, it's okay. We have all the messages online. But uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, actually a mentor. His name's Ron Zappia. And he was like, hey, Steve, uh, how's it going? What are you preaching? And I said, well, I'm preaching this message called Foundations. And uh, he's like, well, that's great. Um, so what's it really all about? And, and so I was telling him a little bit, and I was telling him I was so frustrated because the last two weeks, I feel like, man, I like, haven't preached very well. And he said, well, that's the problem. Because you're teaching, right? This is, this is a class. This is step one. And so if you're trying to preach, you should be teaching. And so if you walked in today and you got a card and you got a pencil... Right? You can just put it in your ear here. Um, this is to remind you that I'm not going to preach today, but I'm going to teach. All right? And uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be teaching God's word. And uh, we don't apologize for preaching. We don't apologize for teaching either. But hopefully I'll be less frustrated. Right, So I'm just going to sit down and lecture you. No, not really. No, I'm not going to lecture you. I'm going to sit down and um, chill out. All right, And we're going to get after the word of God. And we're going to um, just dig into what the church is all about. And so you got your response card? Okay, at the end of the day, I'm going to ask you, if you've never been to step one, to fill this out. I'm looking at Amy. She's a visitor. She said, I won't be back next week. <laughs> Amy, your service to our church would be to take this card, and at the end of the day, put it in the offering, and when we'll, we'll reply. Purpose that card. We'll use it again. Okay, you don't have to fill anything out. All right, but if you're planning to come back next week, man, you could fill this out and um, you go listen online. There's a form online, so you can get credit for step one. You're like, why is it so important? I get credit. Is anybody wondering that? What what what's credit? Like we want everybody in our church to be a member, right? We want them to worship, walk, work. We want them to be a member of a local church. We believe that's biblical. You could read 1 Corinthians 12 for that and, and many other places. Acts 2, we want you to join a local church. And if not this church, we want you to join a different one. We don't care. I mean, we do. We care for you. But like we care for you so much, we're like, if it's not here, it's somewhere. Let's get you there, Okay. So in all of that, this is your first step towards church membership. So if you've been here, you can fill this out. And then at the bottom, if you're like, man, i really like to know more about Christ, great. I'd like to be baptized, great. Baptisms last week were amazing. That was so fun to see people stand up and say, I'm his. And then aside, you can just say how long you've been coming, all right? At the end of the service, I'm going to take a second offering. You're like, whoa, I'm not prepared. No, it's only for these cards. All right? I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for you. I'm asking for your lifestyle. I'm asking for your time, talents, and treasure. I'm asking for your commitment to this church, right? And if you can't be committed, don't be. But if you can be, that'll be huge momentum for the church and membership's great protection for its, its people. All right, I think I've said that enough. So we're in this uh, first section is foundations. Foundations, right? And... Uh, Anybody get this book last week? Anybody not get this book last week? Okay, raise your hand if you didn't get this book last week. The ushers would love to give you one. Okay, if you haven't gotten this yet, come on, we got to give it to you. And uh, so we've been going through this. First thing we did, it's all clever. It's right in here. The first thing we did is our mission. And our mission is, somebody say it. Come on, class. Who's going to be the student of the day? And stand up and say what our mission is. Come on, we studied this. We we. Went over this two weeks ago in our class. Who's got it? First one to stand. Nobody? Anybody got it? Anybody got it? Got a couple more here. Brent, come on, man. Hook me up. I need somebody. I need somebody. Brent knows it. Great. Perfect. All right. Hey, let's like... Gold star. Like, well done. All right. And uh, what's the memory verse? Last week I had like people popping up all over. What, two weeks? You forget, right? That's all good. It's all good. This is why we give you this so that it's right there and you can keep it with you, right? We want you all to memorize it, though. This is really important. Can you imagine if you had this memorized and people were like, hey, what's your church all about? We want to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Well, we want to make disciples. We want to go baptize and teach. That's why we're going to school People, that's why we're in class, so that we can go out and do our job as a Christian, right, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ. If you went to school to be a surgeon and you didn't remember how to do that, I'm in trouble. You guys aren't laughing at that, but that's the truth. And if we go to church, if we go to school here and we can't remember what we're all about, the world's in trouble, all right? It's got no hope. We want to be the hope and the light of the world. All right, now, who's got the memory verse? Matthew 28. Michael, come on, man. That is definitely the King James Version. I love you. Awesome job, Mike. Awesome job. At the end of the service, Michael, I want you to come down and get a t-shirt. I got a bunch of them down here, all different sizes, okay? Th- thank you. Hey, who's got the vision? Who knows the vision of our church? We worked on that last week. Who's got, Stella, you got it? No, don't read it. Put your, this is not an open book test. <laughs> all right, who's got it? Come on, stand up. Who's got it? I'm waiting for somebody to stand up. Jack, all right, let's go. What do you got? Bam, give him a hand. We want to see, we want to see real people. We want to see you be authentic. We want to see you be real. You know what? You're not everything God wants you to be yet. Neither am I. That's okay. Let's get real about that. I got this sin issue. I got this thing in my life. I got this thing I want to do better. Man, why did I talk to my wife that way? Why did I uh, interact with my kids that way? Why did I eat that thing again? If you want to get really honest. Um, you know, man, I should have stopped. And, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. We got to get real about that. We got to get real about where we are. We can be comfortable in our own skin. But we got to be real about who we really are. And, and then we experience an amazing God. He already knows who you are. So if you'll admit it, then you guys can be on the same page, right? And then you're going to experience lasting change because you're going to know where you're at, you're going to know his standard, where he wants you to be, and you're going to start to make progress towards it if you can be honest with yourself and others. That's really, really, really what our vision is at this church. Anybody have the memory verse? Come on now, church. You guys aren't into the memory verse thing, huh? I have a t-shirt for anybody that can quote the memory verse. Crickets, I hope 11 can really bring the noise on this. Well, I memorized it. Anybody else memorize it? Anybody else want to crack? No, you can't go again, Jack. <laughs> Don't let all these adults off the hook, man. They have to squirm in their seat like, man, I didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? I feel like... Yes. Bam, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I got a t-shirt for you, Sarah, right down here in front at the end of the service. Just come get it, right? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, these are important verses for us to know. And there's no shame if you don't know them, but we're trying to resource you, right? So that's why we're giving you this book called Foundations, and we're we're going to school on what's really important in the church. What are the rock-solid things that we're supposed to be about? What are the foundations of this church? and, And I would say any healthy church. Today we're going to be uh, going after the values, right? So I'm going to need a few weeks to go over all our values, but uh, let's just start with a a really core value, and that is worship. So uh, when we say uh, we want a quality of disciple, not a quantity, okay? So this is great that all of you are here. That's awesome. We love that you're here. But if you're an inch deep and a mile wide, we don't want that for you. We want you to be a mile deep and a mile wide right? We want you to be way down there. So, so worship, walk, and work. These are things that quality disciples, deep, rich disciples of Jesus Christ do and are. All right. And then we have the four pillars. Anybody can give me the four pillars? If Christ Jesus is our foundation, what are the four pillars of our church? Anybody got one? Okay, bam. Worship, unashamed, adoration, and Unapologetic preaching. Phil, you're stealing all the answers. Let somebody else answer it. Hey, you're an overachiever. I love you, man. Hey, well done, man. Phil, Phil's got them all. Come on, man. Come on. You, you know it. <laughs> Unceasing prayer. And there's one more. Unafraid witness. Unafraid witness. Way to go. I mean, you've never even been here before. You can read. I love it. I love it. Hey. That's a smart student right there. He's like, dude, all the answers are right here in the book. I know, that's why we gave you the book. All right, so let's just get after this. Um, What does it mean to be a quality disciple who worships? Okay, what does rock-solid worship look like? Rock-solid disciples worship, all right? Open your Bible to Romans chapter 12. And I believe you're going to see from Scripture what a rock-solid disciple looks like, what a healthy follower of Jesus Christ looks like and acts like. And uh, we have this phrase up there on the screen, a quality disciple worships Christ through complete surrender and regular participation in a high-impact service. Right? And earth-shattering... Window rattling, life altering, high impact service. That's what we're going for every Sunday. If you come in here and you're like, whoa, check the box church. That's not what we're going for, right? We're going for like all in, engaged. I mean, people are like, let's go, let's worship the Lord. I mean, energy step, you know, in your step, like, let's go. Let's go, I'm here for the Lord. I mean, I went to work, I was there on time, I got my paycheck, that was awesome, but now I'm in the house of the Lord, this is for free. This is where I go to be with God, and man, I'm gonna bring it. That's what we're talking about. That's a high impact service. That's what we're looking for here. And it's not manufactured, we're not trying to like whip people up. I mean, we, this needs to come from the heart, Right? This isn't something you can do externally. It gets really fake really quick. This is something you got to come prepared. And you're like, man, I just wasn't prepared today. That's great. Come 15 minutes early next time. Sit in your uh, seat and, and pray and read the scriptures. I guarantee you will be prepared, right? Because God is that good. When you start reading the scriptures, you'll be like, bam, God's awesome. And then you'll be like, let's go. Let's sing. Can't wait till Brent gets up there and says, welcome, Harvest. Let's go. That's what we're going for. So you can memorize this phrase. Um, man, at least if you know a quality disciple worships Christ, that would be huge, right? If you could say that, a quality disciple worships Christ. But I think if you could add the through complete surrender and regular participation in a high impact worship service, that's what we're really going for. And you could tell your friends about this awesome church that I'm a part of. And man, you could be a part of it too. And they ask us to be all in, but man, we know that God's all in on us already. He already sent his son to die for me. He already is all in. So um, today, what we're going to do, class, everybody here? Got your pencils out? Okay, so if you really want to encourage the teacher, what do you do? You get your pencil out and you take some notes, right? If you see somebody like this, he's like, you know, anyway, and then, and then, uh, if if you if you like, man, that's a good point. Then you like take your pencil and you are like, you know, you just like, I'm agreeing with you. Now, in church, what we do if it's not class, we just say like, good job, or amen, or that's right, or way to go, attaboy, a boy, preach it, whatever. You could do whatever you want. You could say, bring it, let's go. Um, but you know, if you're a little more calm and stuff, you could just be like, like. All right, great. All right, class, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so hey, I want to take your pulse. I want to check your worship temperature, all right? Not under your armpit, not in your mouth, not anywhere else, okay? Um, I want to check your worship temperature. So has anybody gone to the doctors lately? Come on, raise your hand if you've been to the doctor in the last month. Wow, it's a very healthy congregation. Nobody's going to the doctor. All right, awesome. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Nobody's utilizing the best clinic in all of the world. <laughs> Amazing. How about if you've been to the doctor in the last six months? All right, that's a few more hands. Okay, so when you go to the doctor, at least you can remember this. What do they do when you get there? First thing you do. First thing you do when you go to the doctor. What do you do? Check in. Check in. Then what? Get on, get on a scale. No, 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 no. Somebody said it over here. Wait. You wait. It's like, it's like, when it's time, we'll call you, right? So uh, that's not this church. We want you to be like all in, already, right? I mean, like, if you want to wait, great. But that's not on us. We're not, we're not like, wait, wait, wait. We're like, come on, let's go. All right, so get right in, right? And if you will, what do they do? What do they do? What's the first thing? They check your vital signs. What's the first thing they do? They step on the scale. I hate that part. I'm always like, your scale's seven pounds heavier than my scale every day. It's clothes. Seven pounds worth of clothes all the time. All right. I'm like, am I carrying that many clothes? And then they take your height and your weight and your temperature and then the blood pressure. And then if they tell you to get up on that table, isn't it true? Come on, Adam. Then they're like, ears, nose, throat, and a cold stethoscope. <gasps> okay, and they're checking your heart. Um, you know, this became very real to me one day about eight years ago when my daughter Kara was just born. Checking vital signs. Because Kara was born, there was a few complications. She was our only girl, so there's like, you know, you're all freaking out, right? If it's your first kid or something, you know what I'm talking about. And we're getting ready to leave the hospital like two days later and uh, they're like, well, we got to check your vital signs one more time, right? Because they come like every four hours, (laughs) whether you need it or not. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And uh, so they're checking her vital signs and there's a doctor we never had and the doctor says, "Uh, something's not right. I'm like, what do you mean exactly? Something's not right. She's like, oh, listen again. Listen to her heart. Like something's not right. I, I hear this little swoosh or little thing here, and I can't, I can't distinguish what it is. We're going we're gonna to need her to stay and take some more tests. Like, all right, unpack the bags. We're going to be here well, right? And they run her through all these tests. And the great news is at the end of all those tests, they figure out what's wrong, right? And they say, she has a hole in her heart, right? She has a hole in her heart. And uh, it's this size. I mean, it was like tiny. And it will heal on its own. And so you can go home. Just if there's any changes, like, let us know. And I'm like, <sighs> so glad somebody checked the vital signs. So glad we went under the microscope, right? And, and, and took a real clear look at what was going on. And now we know and no one's half the battle, then you deal with the issue, right? If you need to. So today, I want to take you on a spiritual checkup, all right? I want you to check your spiritual temperature. I want you to check your vital signs spiritually. I want want you to check your worship, okay? Because rock-solid disciples worship. And I want you to check the temperature of your worship, who you are and, and what it's like, okay? Got it? All right, five vital signs, from Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, five vital signs of a healthy disciple, a rock-solid disciple that worships, okay? Five vital signs. Let's read the passage, just two verses, really short. I appeal to you, therefore. When he says therefore, he's like, hey, hey, I want to urge you on, appeal to you. Therefore, right? Therefore means everything that's been before. And in this case, it's chapters 1 through 11. You can go read those on your own time. I'm not going to take time to do it right now. The message would be very long. All right, but here's the point. God created us. We became sinful through Adam and Eve. We were guilty, okay? The Gentiles, the Jews alike were guilty before God. The Jews were given a a special thing called the law which made them even more guilty to help them see that they needed even more God's help. And at the end of the day, if you read Romans 6, 7, and 8, none of that matters. Your guilt, your sin doesn't matter. Israel's guilt and sin, which is much worse because of the law, doesn't matter. Because Jesus Christ, God's son, came to earth. He died to pay the penalty, right? Sin demands a punishment. Jesus Christ died. He took the punishment for our sin. And now when God looks at us, Jesus is like standing in front of us, taking the punishment. And now I'm behind him free, forgiven. And we've talked a lot about salvation in the last two weeks, but I would be remiss if I didn't say right now. 1 through 11, guilt is an issue. Sin is an issue. And now he says here, I beseech you, I p- appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. right? It's God's mercy in Jesus Christ. It's God's love for you. It's God's grace towards you. To present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right? The first thing, first kind of measuring stick here, okay? Five vital signs of a healthy disciple. First one. Gripped by God's love. Have you been gripped by God's love? I just stated like what happened with sin and what happened with Jesus and that you could be forgiven because he's the sacrifice once for all. You know, he had all the animal sacrifices because of the law, but now you have one sacrifice, a human sacrifice, a perfect human, okay? Fully God, fully man. Let's not get that confused. But Jesus Christ became a man and he died for you. His blood was spilled for you. He was the sacrifice that was needed. And you know he is a living sacrifice, right? Because he rose again. He's the very first living sacrifice. He di- None of those animals in the Old Testament rose again. But Jesus Christ died. He was a dead sacrifice for three days. <laughs> and then he rose again. Now he's a living sacrifice. And he's saying, hey, hey, I want you to be a living sacrifice too. I want you guys to follow me. Are you gripped by that love from God? The fact that he did that for you and only you. Like, that's crazy. There's a few verses about this, Romans 5.8. But God shows his love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now think about that. That's, that's, that's a love, that's a tangible love, right? You go, well, I don't know if that's true. Why are people still talking about Jesus after 2,000 plus years if it's not true? Why are people cursing Jesus like he did something to them? If there's not a Satan, a devil, an evil, right, that hates Jesus because of what he's done. Just think about it. We're not talking about other people the way we're talking about Jesus, whether good or bad. And then you think of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Any woman should say, hey, look at me. I did that. And maybe you just wrap it up with John 3, 16. I mean, this is just like elementary, right? For God to so love the world. That he gave his only son. That whoever, I mean whoever, Trish, whoever believes in him should not perish, right? But have eternal life. And that's the plain truth. That God loves you and that he's coming for you and that he, and he wants you to be with him. So I don't know how, other than just to give you a hug today, right, come on up later, I'll just give you a hug, that's great. Like, I don't know how else to tangibly get you to feel That God loves you, but he categorically, he loves you. He sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die for you so that you could live forever with him. Are you gripped? Have you been gripped by the love of God? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, has your life been like, Gripped, tied up with the love of Christ. He loves me so much, I'm not going to do that. He loves me so much, I'm going to do that. The second thing, you see it there right at the end of verse one to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The number two, the little vital sign, right? Like checking your pulse, is give God everything. Like, whoa, we just went to the deep end there. Yes, we did. Give God everything. Everything is his anyway. And if you realize that, give it all. Present your body as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice, right? A sacrifice. Have you ever made a sacrifice? Maybe for a sports team. Took a different role or you trained really hard so you could play. Or Maybe as a musician, right? If you want to get better. At your musical instrument, what do you do? You sacrifice a lot of time and energy. Languages, if you want to learn languages. I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many things you could sacrifice for. And uh, serving in the church. A lot of you guys came at 6 o'clock this morning, set up the church. Um, maybe not enough of us did, right? I think maybe it was a small team. and uh, you know, But this is the way we can sacrifice to love one another. Serving in children's ministry, greeting. I I just noticed, I just happened to notice, I didn't know it was a problem, but I just noticed we had four ushers today. We're supposed to have eight. I just, that just, did you notice that? The people in the middle aisle, I mean, they must've put the like MVPs in the middle aisle because they have to like do four bags at one time. Like, it's not that hard. It's really easy. And you still get to be in the church service. It's not like you're sacrificing much, but it is a sacrifice. You gotta be here a little early. You have to learn a craft. You have to do it well. Why? So people are fed the word of God. And so I'm just saying, like, these are just ways that you could sacrifice. You could be a living sacrifice for for God's kingdom. In a couple weeks, September 2nd on Labor Day, imagine that, we're going to talk about work. And I'm going to ask you on that day to work for Christ in the local church. I know there's lots of work we can do outside the church. That's great. But I'm going to ask you to work for Christ in the local church. Because when many hands work, it's, it's light work. Nobody has to be like, you've heard of the 80-20 principle class? Have you heard of it? 80% of the people do nothing. Okay, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Like, so that's some church stat I heard when I was like two. And I think it's evil, right? I think everybody who calls the name of Jesus Christ, Christ or Lord is like, what do you want me to do for your glory, God? So let's just all get in on that. Let's find a small role, All right? and let's maximize our gifts for him. All right, and I'm not preaching on worship yet, but I'm talking about being a living sacrifice. Who's our prime example, class? Who's our prime example? Who is it? Jesus. Yeah, bam. Jesus, I mean, you all read, just write it in your notes, Philippians chapter two. It says he's humbled himself. He was in the form of God, but, but was like, no, 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 no. I'll be a man, right? And he's like, hey, He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, which is a humiliating death. That's our prime example. Hebrews uh, 13, 15, and 16 say this. I want to uh, show it to you. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Continually. Living at sacrifice is not like a one-time deal. It's like a continual thing. That is, the fruit of lips, the way we speak, and that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good, so there's actions involved, words involved, to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. When you have words towards Christ, right, when, you, when you have actions of good for Christ, you're worshiping Christ. And it's changing people's lives. All right, I want to sum this point out by saying this. I just wrote it down on the screen. The key to a vibrant life and true joy, okay? This is the key. Is not in trying to get all we can from God. That's not it. But in giving all we are and have to him. Like, I don't know if you've heard that before. I don't know if you've ever been told that before class, but this is, this is the key. If you really, really, really want to be good at following Jesus Christ, you're not in it for everything you can get. That comes, that's a result of giving everything you are and everything you have to him because he did to us. But it's hard to live for God in this world, isn't it? Huh? It's hard. Why? It's because we tend to see things from the world's perspective. That's why. So this third point's going to help with that. Uh, Gain God's perspective. We need to gain God's perspective. So if we want to have... a real worship, a real rock-solid worship as a disciple of Christ, we have to gain God's perspective. Have you ever gained God's perspective? Look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. The world is trying to conform you. Every message it sends, every billboard it writes, every email you get, every TV show or movie you watch, it's normalizing something. It's telling you something's normal and something's not. And I say that is false. I call bull. That's not really the way it should be. That's the way they say it should be because they all want you to conform to that. But that's not the way it should be. God, who existed before any of your friends, wrote a book about how it should be. And he's like, hey, Read the word and you'll gain my perspective. But before we get to that, let me give you five things that the world is known for, okay? Five things that the world is known for. These are just five things I wrote down. It's not like the top five or anything like that, just things that I came to mind. Okay, number one, arrogant attitudes. Have you seen that at all, class? Have you seen that in the world you live in at all? Any arrogant attitudes out there? Yeah, I have seen it. Okay, I looked in the mirror. I'm the man, I'm the woman, right? It's the chest pounding, right? It's the tiara-wearing princess, right? And it's like, it's all about me. The world revolves around this universe, right? It's not good. I repent of that. Loose living. Number two, loose living. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. That's kind of the mantra of the world, right? Like, don't tell me what to do. Matter of fact, if you tell me what to do, I'm doing exactly the opposite. Stick it to the man. I'm a stick it to the man guy. I I love that kind of thinking. Except for, I'm on the narrow path. I'm in a minority of people who believe this book is absolutely true. So that's my stick it to the man moment. Like nobody else believes this, but I do. I will swim upstream all day with this in hand. That's where I'm at. And I pray that you are too. I pray that you're not living loose with what you eat, what you drink, what you watch, what you say, who you are, because that's worldly stuff. Number three. Foolish fads. Foolish fads. I mean, come on. Is Facebook a fad or what? Is it going to go away? I'm thinking it might go away. I'm hearing all these reports. They're like, Facebook's done. You got to go to Instagram now. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Instagram will be a fad too. It's all fading away. I read that somewhere in scripture, (laughs) right? Like, but this is the newest thing. Fidget spinners. Got to have one. Pretty soon they won't even be on the shelf one day. Or it'll be a different this or that trinket that you could buy to ease your mind, to focus. These are fads. These are fads. Clothes. When I was growing up, man, MC Hammer was a big deal. And since MC Hammer tucked his pants in, everybody else was rolling theirs too. Haven't seen that lately. Oh yeah, it's coming back. It'll be here soon. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's about time now. The 80s will be back. Oh, it's here. Just not rolling your pants yet? Oh, it's coming. But it's a foolish fad. It'll be out again. I swear this is just th- If you could fit in the same clothes 30 years later, you could just like rotate your wardrobe. I just. Four. Popular opinions. No. Can't say popular opinions because it doesn't rhyme. Popular positions. Popular positions. The in crowd, right? The popular people at school. You guys are all going back to school, right? Pretty soon? This week or next week? Next week. It's, it's like coming, right? I'm glad I got the teacher stand out. I got the pencil. I should have brought an apple, man. You guys would have fed in. It'd be awesome. you like, hold off. Slow down, professor. I got another week. But, uh, but uh, you know, popular positions is a real thing, especially in high schools, man. Am I in the in crowd? Can I get in a crowd? And, uh, you know, the captain of the team is cooler than anybody else. You're somebody if you belong. If you don't belong, you're not somebody. God is not a respecter of persons. God thinks everybody belongs in his kingdom. And he doesn't care if you can bench more than the other person. He doesn't care if you're more intelligent than the other person. I am praising the Lord for that. All right? Take me. Please, Lord. This last one. Selfish spending. We've all been guilty of this. The world has duped every single one of us to take out a credit card and buy stuff that we shouldn't buy with money we don't have. But we want it. And we want it now, so we'll pay for it later. And you'll pay a lot more. And so, you know, I'm not trying to beat you up if you have debt, but I'm saying, man, here's a good plan cut up your credit cards, don't spend selfishly, start thinking about it as God's money, and worship Him that way, gain that perspective. If you need help with that, come tell us. We have a class called Financial Peace University. Very good class. Not perfect, but good. And uh, we'd love to get you on the right path. And we want to help you do it because we believe that it's important. So are you checking yourself? I just gave you five little uh, things that the world's known for. Uh, Does that describe you? Are we of this world? I pray not. I pray progressingly. We gain more and more of God's perspective. That's worship. And we act more and more in our thinking uh, the way he would. So it's time to change our perspective, church, right? It's time to change who we are. Let God transform you and change you. Change the way you think, okay? So he says that right here in the scriptures. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How are you going to be transformed? How are you going to think differently? Well, here it is, number four. Get in God's word. Get in God's word. You're like, man, yeah, I was going to do that. Remember last time we talked about this? Like every week you talk about this, Steve. Like, I was going to do that last week, and I didn't. And here's my word to you. Or I did it a couple times, but I fell off. Here's my word to you. Don't give up. This isn't about Perfection. Somebody came up to me, I was at the movies this week, and somebody's like, man, I saw you read Professor Horner's, like, that's a lot, and you did three in one day. Yeah, I was like, I had to catch up, I was way behind. He's like, how did you do that? I was like, I was in the car for a long time, eh? And Brent had to put up with me listening to it. We do what we have to do, we do what we can do. We get it in, right? Or we start over, or we hit the button, like, catch me up. I love that button, catch me up. I'm I'm, in tra- I'm on track again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right there, class? Are you are you familiar with the U you, you version app? Anybody familiar with that? Okay, yeah, it does have a catch me up version. Like you can like hit this button and it's like oh all of a sudden I'm on track again. I can start a new streak. How many days in a row can I get? And it's it's all good stuff. But honestly, the point is get in God's word, right? Don't quit and pick a time. Right? You ever been like, man, I just can't get in God's word. I just can't get in God's word. But you have no trouble getting to work. Why? Because it starts at seven. (laughs) And I have to be there. Right? So pick a time. My time with God is six o'clock. I'm not saying I get there every day, but I have an appointment. And if I miss it, I feel bad. Because he's waiting. And then I tell him I feel bad. God, I'm sorry I missed the appointment with you. Forgive me. Or I'm sorry I'm late. I want to be with you. I want to hear from you. I want to read your word. And I want to talk to you in prayer. It's pretty good stuff. The renewal of your mind. So pick a time, make an appointment with God, and and change your thinking by the renewal of your mind. Now there's a few verses I would mention for this. And uh, for sake of time, I'm not going to um, read them, but I'm going to share them with you. You write them down. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, and Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, and Ephesians 4, 22 through, 20, 22 through 24. Okay. Okay. So, what we're really looking for, class, is a change from the inside out. We're not looking for you to like put on different clothes next week and be all gussied up. We're looking for a change from the inside out. That's a longer, it takes longer time. We know that, right? And it's okay. We're, we're willing to be patient, and you're willing to be patient with yourself. You're going to see sanctification happen. You're going to see it kind of roll in the right direction, okay? My mind, my heart are being renewed, being made new. Okay, that's what our memory verse was the vision, right? made new. And uh, it's being made new by a spiritual impact that God's word and God's truth has on my life. So downloading the word of God is so important. It's going to help you change your perspective, get in God's word. Okay. Now this last one, if, if one and two and three and four, if you're gripped by God's love and you give God everything and you gain God's perspective and you're getting in God's word, then you're going to do this fifth one. Okay. Grow in God's will. You're going to grow in your discernment. Look at the word there. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern. I have discern underlined in my Bible. Discern, found, finding out the worth of something by putting it to use, by testing it, by putting it into practice, right? So you need to put into practice these things that we're talking about and discern if that's good if that's acceptable, if that's perfect in God's eyes, in his will. So uh, one thing I know, I just leave you with this. One thing I know is God is pretty clear about his will. You're like, yeah, you know, so I went to a church where it's like, you should know God's will, especially if you're like 10th, 11th, 12th grade, you should be praying all the time for God's will in your life. We want to know God's will, right? We want to know God's will. So, so, So I would pray, God, show me your will. And I would pray, God, show me your will. If you show me, I'll do anything you want me to do with my life, God. I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, show me your will. And this was a vicious cycle for like several years of my upbringing. And nobody told me God's will is in God's word. Like, I just got to open the book. It's right there. I want to prove it to you. Here are five, no, make it six. God's will is that a uh, rock-solid disciples are, and I'm going to give you six things, and they're expressly said. This is the will of God, okay, right there. I've added one that's not so much expressed, but, like, it's clear, okay? Number one, God's will is that you be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. It's on the screen. 2 Peter 3, 9. God's will is that you be saved. Last week I said, today is the day of salvation. God wants everyone to be saved. These two verses will prove that. You do have a choice. When you turn, the veil will be opened. Right? It'll be ripped. And you will see clearly. Right, number two, spirit-filled. God's will is that you would be spirit-filled. His spirit is the Holy Spirit that Jesus said he was going to send in John 14, 15, and 16 is readily available to anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord. And he wants you to be not just like a little bit of Holy Spirit in my big toe, push him low, right? God wants you to be full of the Holy Spirit. He wants everything you say, everything you do to be full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that only comes through this next string. God wants you to be sanctified. That's a churchy word for changing. God wants you to be changing from one degree of glory to another. God wants you to do, uh, you know, he's like, hey, you sinned. And then he's like, okay, I repent. And he wants you to make a different choice. And there's incremental change. And that's great. I want to be a little bit different every day. Be sanctified. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7. God's will is that you're going to hate this one. I'm telling you already. You're going to hate it. Are you ready? Are you ready? God's will is that you be submissive. Nobody in this world thinks that's a good word. Right? But that's God's will for your life. He wants you to submit to your authority. Right? Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. We should submit to one another. You see the verses on the screen, 1 Peter two. 13 through 15. And then this. You're, you're not, I mean, they're getting worse. Sorry, guys. God's will, he says it in his word, is that you are suffering. Philippians one twenty nine and 2 Timothy three twelve. he says, everyone who's a believer will suffer for the name of Christ. In some way, shape, or form. I mean, you're going to suffer because Satan hates you, and he's going to attack you, <laughs> spiritually, right? But there's also, like, some physical stuff going on, too, in our world that Gets worse and worse. Why would we suffer? Because our hero, Jesus Christ, our master, our Lord and Savior, suffered for us, kept his mouth shut, took it all so that we could be forgiven alive. It's amazing. And then this last one six, I'll come back to this in a couple weeks serving. Romans 12, 1 through 8. Romans 12, 1 through 8. So God's will is that you be serving in the local church. And if you just keep reading now, after I'm done, verses 3 through 8 talk about some gifts you might have and that you should use them and how you should use them in the church. There's more in all of Scripture, but that's a good place. Again, I said 1 Corinthians uh 12 is a good place. And then he says these marks of a true Christianity. So I thought, just in closing, I would read these marks to you of a Christian. Okay, so here it is, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. No, you're better than me. No, you're better than me. No, you're better. No. You take the first seat. No, you take the, like, outdo one another in showing honor. Puts us in a good position. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. There it is. God's will uh, for you is that you serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Suffering, there it is. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. These are marks of a great Christian. So we got to sum this up. I told you I wanted a response today, so take out your card, get it in your hand. All right? I want you to take this card. I want you to fill out your name, your email, your phone. Only, only, I've already screwed it up for some of you. That's okay. Don't worry about it, okay? But if you have already been to step one, Okay? If you've already been to step one, you're like, yeah, I've been there, I've done that. I'm a member of our church already, right? That's great. You could take this card, put it in the offering. That's a gift to us. Consider these five marks, right? Let's get after it, right? These vital signs, let's get after it, right? Church, you know what to do with these things. Class, you know what to do, okay? But if you're not a member of our church, right? Hey man, you gotta be filling one of these out. I wanna be a member, I wanna get there, right? Even if I never commit to being a member, hey, I went to the class, I wanna get credit and I want you to fill this out, and I want you to put in the offering, and then we'll know that you came to class today, okay? We'll know that you came, and you were at step one. Does that make sense? Everybody clear? All right. Now, at the bottom of this, and I'm gonna say this to nine o'clock only, at the bottom of this, there's a register for step two. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because I've already started step two today, and I'm gonna continue it next week and the week after. You're gonna get credit for step two on September 2nd. So I'm taking you through the whole process. I'm taking you to your next step, little by little, all these foundations laid. But I gotta say this, we're gonna use this bottom portion for something different. It says nine or 11. You're here at nine o'clock service, so I'm assuming you're committed to nine. But if you'd be willing to do something special, if you'd be willing to plant, to be a missionary, and I'm not asking you to go to Haiti or Rwanda, (laughs) I'm not asking you to go to Texas They need Jesus too. I'm asking you to go to 11 o'clock service. All right, you can see it's full. It's not as full at 11. We need at least 30 people to transfer over, okay? And we want you to, on that little, on the bottom, just say, man, I'm I'm willing to go to 11. Click it, number 11, bam. I'm gonna start going to 11 o'clock with my family. I'm gonna take my kids to 11 o'clock children's ministry and we're gonna get after it for God's glory because we know that if we, do that little change, what's gonna happen? This service will fill up again like that. And 11 o'clock will feel more full and it'll fill up too, right? And we're gonna see God's glory in an amazing way. So if you'd be willing to do that, just let us know on that card right there. That's the only reason you have to check 11 because I'm gonna take you through step two anyway. All right, class, That's that's a long lecture, eh? It's a long lesson. But hopefully you got all of the pieces. Hopefully you got all the things. And I want you to surrender right now. Um, We're going to take a second offering, okay? So the ushers are going to come down. This right here is your offering. If you're already a member, you don't have to do anything. Okay, just put it in. We'll repurpose the card. If you're not a member, if you've never been to step one, perfect opportunity to fill this card out. You're going to get credit for step one. Come back next week. We'll be doing step two, okay? All right. Let me pray as you decide whether or not you want to commit to this church, as you decide whether or not you want to surrender your life to Christ in full, all-in worship, let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful that people came to church today to be taught what it means to be a rock-solid disciple who worships. And I pray, Lord, that as people... Start to commit now to the foundations of this church that you would be honored and glorified by their commitment to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.